Bodega, 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 Alpha and Omega. <coughs> Siamese sailors sell celery sandwiches. So wing about a serving platter. Hey, hey Jamie. Yes. Uh, did uh, did you want to try reading that line on the script there? Oh, yeah, let's see. Uh, you could say big when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, that one? Yes. Yeah, no, I'm just not warmed up yet. Shouldn't be long. Detector test. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive today. The marmot mangled by mushu pork pancake. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. HD Smartcast. You're listening to a Hindustan Times production. Brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hi, I'm Dhamini. And you're listening to Gender Question. Here, we will look at an issue that's in the news using the lens of gender. The idea is to take a blind spot and throw some light on it. At the start of the month, a Delhi-based legal journalist and researcher, Karan Tripathi, filed a petition in the Delhi High Court seeking the inclusion of data on the number of transgender prisoners in the upcoming Prison Statistics of India report, brought out regularly by the National Crime Records Bureau. As a result, the NCRB stated that it will start collecting data on trans persons and it will reflect in the upcoming report. We speak to Karan Tripathi to understand why he filed the petition and what he hoped would come out of it. So, Karan, thank you so much for joining uh, the Gender Question. Um, Karan, as uh, as you know that you know you're, you've just filed a petition before the Delhi High Court, and your petition is very specific. You're asking that the National Crime Records Bureau maintain data of transgender persons, and not only that but to uh, showcase that data, use that data in a publication that they bring out, which is the Prison Statistics of India. And uh, that report is currently underway. So you're saying that this particular report should have uh, data on transgender persons who are in prisons in India. And you make this uh, request also stating that the NCRB and other publications, which is Crimes in India and uh, Accidental Deaths and Suicides, already does contain information of trans persons. So why not the prison statistic? All right. So you filed this petition because you were filing RTIs and you realized that you were not getting information about trans persons in prisons. Your RTIs was actually seeking out a lot more information than just the number of trans persons in prisons. You were asking about the kind of crimes that they've been placed under. You've been, you were asking about the uh, the number of under trials who are trans persons, right? Why were you filing these RTIs in the first place? Basically, my research uh, is focused on a larger idea of reducing the invisibility of prisons. I feel that the discourse on criminal justice in India has largely ignored what happens inside the prisons. And when I talk about invisibility of prisons, I'm not talking about, you know, there have been study on the structural understanding of prisons of what we call the audit compliance, or that, you know, whether there are these norms for number of rooms in uh, barracks and toilets and whether these have been complied with. But there hasn't been uh, attention to what we call the carceral experience of pains of imprisonment. Is that we don't know what the prisoners feel about their own imprisonment, about their own incarceration. And I feel that my research is oriented towards understanding those carceral experience because I feel that that can be valuable data in decentralizing the discourse on prison reforms. Because when we talk about uh, prison reforms and we talk about that there is need to reduce degrading treatment in prisons or there has to be human up- upholding of human rights. And what do we mean by these ambiguous terms such as degrading treatment, torture and human rights? To define these terms, 
we have to go into the qualitative understanding of prisons or what you know professor alison leibling called the moral performance of prisons and in understanding that moral performance of prisons it's very important to look at the individual carceral experience of the prisoners on pains of imprisonment as valuable data because that will inform us as to how how prisoner staff relation works and how certain practices within prisons can aggravate the pains of imprisonment the hierarchies and discrimination that exists outside the prison that that gets replicated inside the prisons as well so if you're a if you're a woman or if you're a dalit woman your experience inside the prison would be much different from an upper caste woman or a woman who comes from a educated or higher socioeconomic background so uh, there is no uniform carceral experience among the prisoners their identity their singular identity of a prisoner doesn't take over their complex identity of their socioeconomic background what i'm curious about karan and maybe you could throw some light uh, uh, on this is how does possessing information about the number of trans persons provide us an in into the carceral experience and if we were to look at it another way isn't it actually the other way round that their carceral experience which we know of anecdotally we know of people who have been in prisons who have come out of prisons who've talked to us you you yourself have written about uh, some of this right as a journalist isn't that their carceral experience proof itself proof that despite the lack of enumeration they are vulnerable to violence there is a very complex answer to i mean uh, this there's a lot of work that has gone before preceding this pil and uh, one of the work that you highlighted are the rti uh, and if you read those rti replies you'll see that how evasive was the prison administration in their answers and there can be multiple reasons for that that they either do not follow the procedures or they do not simply know what are the procedures that they need to follow as per the nasa judgment or they don't understand the difference between transgender or transsexual or self identification of prisoners so there can be multiple reasons of them being evasive but also uh, government authorities are largely evasive in rti replies in the first place so i think as a research community we have come to a conclusion that you know rti replies cannot be a major source for us to get the information of official data and official data is an extremely important source of information for you to build upon subsequent work of you know advocacy of policy reforms and other things so like the official data is sort of your uh, foundation on which you sort of build your arguments now that is one part so uh, i had also after uh, i had also sent an email to the director general of prisons asking uh, interviews with transgender prisoners because i know that they are that they are there um, and i and then my uh, request was denied saying that it's covid 19 uh, then i challenged that decision of dg prisons in delhi high court filing a repetition saying that you know uh, my right to interview the prisoners have been denied and the court did not go into the medicine court simply said that no 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 it's covid 19 we won't allow even if in my petition i had very clearly mentioned that i do not want to physically visit the prison but i want to interview them through vc and the vc meetings are already going on in the prisons that the court was not aware of so you realize that uh, i had exhausted all my alternative uh, remedies before filing this pil and i think that's why the division bench was also very considerate of this fact that the petitioner has exhausted all the remedies before filing the pil now that is one thing now the second thing is that the the prison statistics of india report not only give you numbers it is a qualitative description and 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 the representation of those numbers under various categories 
for example that when it tells you about custodial death now if you get to know for example that there are 80% transgender prisoners who committed suicide and then you compare it with the another category that out of those 80% of transgender prisoners who committed suicide 95% of them were under trial prisoners then you get a qualitative information that majority of trans people who die inside the prisons are dying due to suicide and as well as they are not even convicts they are under trial prisoners yes hypothetically because the, but the point is you would never know and i and and the point is that you know that the rate and you know factually that the rate of suicide and the rate of custodial death as well as the rate of recidivism is rising but where is the trans representation in all of this and we would never know so my argument is that for any secondary research on casual experience of transgenders or for that matter uh, the treatment of trans persons inside the prisons cannot be done when there is trans erasure in the very preliminary level of 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 recording and documentation access to prisons is extremely difficult post nirbhaya when the dbc documentary had come up ministry of home affairs had released revised guidelines in 2015 on how to research for for media persons researchers ngos every external person to how to get access to prisons and if you read those if you read those guidelines um, which is next on my task to challenge extremely draconian extremely draconian it is extremely arbitrary and actually renders the process of interviewing or researching prisons extremely difficult we have to understand that this is not just numbers the, the prisons have been extremely invisibilized and access to prisons for research has been blocked to a larger extent and which is part of this larger policy of invisibilizing prisons and that's why my petition basically says that before anything can be done for the trans for under for structurally and systematic understanding of experience of trans persons inside the prison we first need to address the very preliminary uh, block which is trans erasure and documentation in your petition you have also spoken about uh, the need for um, you know protecting the civil rights and the constitutional rights and in fact even the basic human rights of uh, trans prisoners right and uh, you say that until and unless ncrb does not assign a proper sex to prison inmates i'm quoting this line from your petition until and unless the ncrb does not assign a proper sex to prison inmates who may be transgenders there cannot be a proper guarantee of their civil rights constitutional rights and even basic human rights thereby breaching the very tenets of the constitution of india and the basic nalsa judgment unquote right we don't say that we need to know how many male prisoners are there or how many female prisoners are there uh, in order to uh, uh, in order to start the conversation on protection of their rights so i'm wondering in this particular case how does this argument hold up for trans prisoners see you have to you have to realize that both the nalsa judgment uh, as well as the the modern prison manual of the ministry of home affairs have recognized trans persons and trans prisoners a special category of prisoners right so the very fact that their identity as trans makes them a special category of prisoners and uh, another other special category of prisoners like persons with disabilities are another special category of prisoners so there is an identity uh, of of uh, you know being a male or a female 
and then there is a qualified identity that sort of is recognized under law as a special category which sure. is your trans identity makes the very virtue of you being trans makes you a special category of prisoner and because the law uh, and the supreme court has sort of recognized that this special category of prisoners requires special protection because the very the very virtue of their identity makes them susceptible to violence and exploitation due to the stigma attached to that identity uh, disqualify them from their basic entitlement under law now so that is i i, I mean uh, that is that is one part of it as to why it is important to sort of classify transgender persons separately because they have been identified as special category of prisoners in the first place uh, also when you compare with male female and trans persons there's enough study both done in india i mean mostly done abroad which shows that how trans prisoners are more uh, are are more represented in data of hiv aids they are more susceptible to contracting hiv inside the prisons they are more susceptible for sexual violence inside the prisons um they are more susceptible to developing uh, uh mental health issues inside the prisons so karan you are talking actually about the violence and susceptibility to violence particularly the trans persons face now i'm also still wondering about the assignation of gender identities right and particularly uh, and we know that as far as the trans community is concerned this assignation is actually a very fraught area right uh, documentation for instance is a very fraught area it's very complex and uh, the current trans act um uh, the law now uh, has tried to simplify it into a two step process which in fact many people from within the trans community have argued actually goes against the spirit of the nasa judgment in that it does not allow for uh, self identification but it is also seeking medical certification right at one stage now that's a different matter altogether however the and there are multiple reports starting from 2003 pucl karnataka's report about the uh, extreme violence that trans communities uh, and various members of different trans identities particularly are vulnerable to on account of their professions uh, and livelihood now in the prison system uh, the rtis that you sort of initially had also filed also sought to understand what is the infrastructure available what i'm wondering is if the infrastructure does not exist as i'm sure your rtis may have also discovered right if the infrastructure does not exist and yet we insist on seeking identities and sort of assignation of identities does that not in fact increase the vulnerability of the community would it have been perhaps easier uh, for somebody to self identify as a vulnerable identity knowing that systems are in place to protect their safety as opposed to the other way around i mean it's a catch 22 situation you see i mean uh see the point is when you do not have a system in place for example you do not have a separate cell which is which you are entitled to by the prison rules but you do identify as a trans prisoner or special category prisoner you have an opportunity of approaching the court seeking that so you have a judicial redressal of your grievance now when i'm not allowed to identify as a trans person in the first place i lose that opportunity of moving the court for seeking what i'm entitled to under prison rules so now the point is that you then you sort of balance the two right like in one situation i am a trans prisoner i want to identify as a trans prisoner but i go to a prison that doesn't have special treatment for trans prisoners 
Now, the, by the very virtue that I've identified as a trans prisoner, I now can use my identity and move the judicial forum or pro- probably make representations within the prison system uh, to to demand and 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 seek what I deserve within what what I'm entitled to within the prison manual. When I when that very preliminary right of self identification is taken away from me, then I have no opportunity of seeking that entitlement in front of any forum, and I continue to get exploited and continue to get tortured, because we have to understand that the sociology within the prison is very similar to sociology outside the prison. And I said it in 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 the beginning of my talk also in this interview also that the structures, the socio-economic structures and discrimination that exists outside the prison, they get replicated inside the prisons as well. And your identity, your art, your identity becomes a major negotiating element to both seek privileges as well as how you are treated and discriminated inside the prisons. Identity becomes a major, major element of that. Okay. So, so what you're saying is that inclusion of trans data in NCRB's records, particularly with respect to the prison statistics of India report, you do not see that as a bureaucratization uh, of uh, data. You do not see that as necessarily that. No, uh, when you see recording of trans data in NCIB reports, there is a procedure for that, which is laid down in NALSA judgment, that it is not the authority that will assign you your identity. It is you who you will identify as trans person, and that's my petition very clearly mentioned, even my representation. Uh, before filing this petition, I had moved a representation to both NCRB and Ministry of Home Affairs, telling them that the idea is not just the absence of data, but the idea is that even if you allow the data to be included, you have to follow the procedure laid down in the NASA judgment. And the and that and the procedure is self identification because that is what we consider as one of the most important things when we talk about trans rights. So, so what I'm arguing in this petition is not just that the trans erasure in documentation has to be removed, but how we remove that trans erasure is to be in strict compliance with the NALSA judgment, which addresses the issue of self identification. If you have any questions, do reach out to me at the Red Dhamini on Twitter. You can also leave your feedback at HD Smartcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Bye. This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.